0: God bless you. Thank you for tuning in. We appreciate uh, the worship. We appreciate those people who tune in each and every week for uh, what uh, God has in store for them. We love... uh, uh, our online viewers. We love those that are in the house, and we know it's a different world now. You know, some people have tuned in from, you know, states away, thousands of miles away, and have continued to watch, and some people uh, have continued just to, to stay home. I had got a big hug from a friend this morning, the first service, who hadn't been here for almost two years only because of covid you know so it just he came up during worship and man it was just like what's heaven going to be like you know when we haven't seen somebody or see somebody and then you you throw your arms around a mama or daddy you throw your arms around a friend it's just i mean it was just it my heart leaped just seeing this gentleman that i hadn't seen for almost two full years and uh, it was just it was wonderful and i just think i thought man what's heaven going to be like i i love that that song "So Will I" that we just got done singing—it's just—it's amazing on how God will just want us to worship Him in spirit and in truth, uh, John fourth chapter, I think the twenty-third verse, and so. I, we're starting a series, it's a Christmas series, but I really like today's message. I, I loved it when I worked on it this week, I loved it when I rehearsed it yesterday, I usually go out on Saturdays for a run, and then I rehearsed the message just in my mind, and I just, I just loved it, uh, and uh, I love what God is doing, and so uh, I, I took a class one time just on writing, and it kind of, it, it, it turned out to be an investigative journalism class, which I'm not investigative, nor am I a journalist. But it talks about the uh, investigative journalism. You talk about the who, what, when, where, why type scenario on a certain of a story. And so we're going to look at the who this week, what and where next week, why on the 19th and then when only it's not W-H-E-N, it's W-I-N because we all win in Christ Jesus. Amen. About the when of who Jesus is and why Jesus came and what and where and what happened and and then again the when. so we're, we're going to investigate this over the next uh, four Sundays, counting today, and today's should kick us off really well. Although we all know who Jesus is, all right, we'll have a couple doctrinal things that we'll we'll, we'll share with you. We'll have a couple principles that we can share with you, but I want you to uh, do it in the form of apologetics. Apologetics would be defending our faith. So although everyone in this room, everyone watching online may know who Jesus is personally, I want to teach you who Jesus is in a way that you could apologize for it. Not apologetics as far as I'm going to apologize, but apologetics as far as, hey, defending the faith. And someone may say to you, well, I don't, you know, I don't believe the Bible. I don't read the Bible. How how do we know the Bible's true? Well, it may be the same person that uh, retweets something that they saw on social media. And you've never met that person. You don't know if that person's video is even real or whatever, but yet you you resent that video 100 times. That guy's got 400,000 followers, and yet you have no idea. So we all believe in something. I just choose to believe in Jesus. I choose to believe that the Word of God is real. In fact, I would stake my life on that the Word of God is real. I believe it that, that, that sincerely and that passionately. Forty different authors over 1,500 years wrote about the same principle that God loved us so much, He sent His Son to die for someone that we, that he, that we don't even know. Romans 5 8 says that God commendeth His love toward us and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Now think about that for a minute, because he loves you, and that's what God is, As God is love, and then God gives because he loves. So today we're going to investigate the who. Who is Jesus? And then again, if you know who Jesus is in a personal way, take notes. Maybe this will help you defending your faith with somebody. So let's go to Luke's gospel, the first chapter. Now we're going to Read through. There's a couple of verses here that will change, or that we that we've missed, or minus out just for time's sake. But I want you to, to know that uh, ahead of time because it, we're not removing any text because it's not applicable. We're just we're just using it for time's sake. So, in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to the city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, Greetings, O favored one. The Lord is with you. And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. And Mary said to the angel, How will this be since I am a virgin? And the angels answered her and said, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. His name, Jesus, Emmanuel, God, with us. Let's pray. Father, we thank you, Lord, for your word. We thank you, Lord, for yeah, what you did and what we honor at Christmas time by sending your son. Now, open our hearts, Lord, today. Uh, whether we're all believers or we have some that maybe are still investigating truth, we pray that our hearts would be open, our minds would be clear to hear what you have to say for us today. In Jesus' name we pray. And the church said, amen. Praise God. And so in studying and preparing, uh, for this message and the who, what, when, where, why type scenario, I wanted to just pull out of scripture. I prayed, uh, sought God just in my prayer time. Lord, what, what are some things? We know Jesus is a lot of things. We know he's, he's everything. He's all encompassing. But I wanted to pull out four things that would maybe be meat to us today that would say, all right, here's, here's some things that we could share with other people. So the first one is the word was made flesh. This is the first thing that Jesus is It's like, who is Jesus? Well, he's the Word, and the Word was made flesh. Let's go to John, the first chapter. We'll read the first four verses, and then we'll read uh, verse number uh, 14. And that is really small. Jason, if we could find someone to make those words bigger on the confidence monitors, that would be great. I can't hardly even see that. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word is with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God, all things were made throughout him, through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men." And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory. Glory is of the only Son of the Father, full of grace and truth. So we see the scripture one through four, John one, if you're taking notes, and then verse 14, same chapter. All right, we see that the word was made flesh. There was the word, he was in heaven, he was part of the Godhead the Trinity, God the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. And then the world needed a redeemer, there needed salvation. So God made a plan even before time, should man fall the Word's going to become flesh. Why is the Word become flesh? So that we can know, He can know what we walk through on a daily basis. Jesus got tired. Jesus had emotions. Jesus had to uh, go to bed. He had to get up. He had a job. He was a carpenter. He was, he was the carpenter's son. He, he, he prepared for ministry. He did all these things that we do day in and day out. He understands right where you're at. He became flesh. But there's four takeaways from this scripture that you want to maybe take with you. The first one is that he became. It's important that we become okay. It's important that we become believers, Christ followers. It's become that we we become. Uh, it's important that we become responsible citizens. Uh, we become uh, good husbands or wives or moms or dads. I told our daughter Jessica, we, should, we need to give her a church van. She picked up seven kids today for church. I mean, if you do that, we'll get you a church van. Just go, or we'll get you a Tahoe or something, or we'll at least you know pray for you while you make your Tahoe payment. I, I don't know, but <laughs> we need to be, see, a lot of people want to be. I want to be rich. I want to be successful. I want to I be educated. I want to be, be a business person. We want to be, but we don't want to become. We don't want to take the steps necessary for becoming. We don't wanna see we wanna be a lot of things, but we wanna become. We we wanna have, but we don't wanna do. Jesus knew that he would have to become flesh so that he could feel the same pain you feel, and he felt that pain. In fact he felt that temptation. He felt all those things, and because he felt those things, now he could make a way where there seemed to be none for you and for me. That's important. So he, first of all, he became, he wants you to become today. First of all, if you're not, he wants you to become a Christ follower. He wants you to become a person who, who loves him and loves God through the fellowship with him. He became, and then second of all, he created, he made the heavens and the earth. In the beginning was the, was the, was the word was with God and all things were created through him. So he gives you a creative spirit he gives you a spirit of creativity. In our in our family, my 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 family, there's they're artists. They're all good artists. I don't know where I was left out or why I was left out, but they're they're creative. But I have a creative gene. Maybe it's vision, or maybe it's something else that uh, that the God has given me to create. But we can create. We're creators. We we create by speaking. We create by voicing those things. And as we voice things out, in fact, Boston University about ten years ago of uh, scientifically found out that there something seven times smaller than a split atom. It's incredibly small. And the only word they could describe it is by vibrate or vibration. It's actually what we voice as we start to voice. Voice becomes matter. Matter becomes mass. Mass becomes substance. And so it becomes an instrument that when we start to call those things out is what Paul said in Romans 4 and 17, even God who quickens his dead calls those things that aren't as though they were. We start to call things. So why don't we speak life, church? Why don't we start to call out life? Why are we always speaking death? Well, it's not gonna work out. This guy's an idiot, that guy's this, and this guy, and all those things when we can start to say, okay, wait a second, even if I don't have anything good to say, I can ask God to reign from heaven, who already loves us the way we are, and speak life into every person. So this is what this is what God teaches us to do. This is what Jesus did. He became for us. And the creator of the heavens and the earth, the creator of the universe, came in the flesh so he would know how we feel. Then the third thing is light. There's a spirit of light. He shines light into the darkness. He shines light into dark places. And so that could be a couple uh, dual scenario, if you will. One is if there's dark places in my life, he can shine light on my flaws and failures so that I can get them right with the Lord. So that I can say, okay, God, got you're right. I need to work on this thing. Jamie says, "I I have a driving problem. I drive fine. It's everybody else that's messed up. I drive perfectly good. She said, I'm going to tape you sometime. I said, you could, but we ain't playing it nowhere. Trust me on that one. (laughs) You need counseling. I don't need counseling. They need driving, whatever, driver's ed, whatever you call that. The the light only stays green for so long in Hickory, and then the red light is five times longer than the green light. Dear Lord, don't get me started. (laughs) But... When you shine light on that, like she was so graceful yesterday when she shined light on my problem, my driving anger. So you need so we need to shine light. I, I like to wear I like to wear black. I, I, I like my favorite outfits around the house are black sweatpants, black under armor, sweatshirt, you know, a hat. We have a black dog and we have no street lights in our neighborhood. So now that the sun goes down at six o'clock, when I walk the dog at eight thirty or nine o'clock at night, it's dark. All right, so Janie last year bought everybody a flashlight for Christmas. I thought it was a great gift. Marcus said, well, we use our phones. Well, that's not, I use a flashlight. I am old school. You use your phone all you want. I use a flashlight. Phones are for talking on, all right? Just saying. So I, my flashlight's a year old now, and my batteries are wearing dim. Well, the other night when I was walking the dog, at the dim light, I about get hit twice by cars just walking the dog. Well, the dog ain't worth it. I'm just saying, the dog is not worth dying over. Or I can just buy three AAA batteries and fill that flashlight back up, which is what I did. When your light starts to go dim in your life, why don't you just get replenish it with the word of God? Why don't you just get deep into the word, get deep into worship, get deep into prayer, get deep into service, get deep into God, and just allow him to start shining that light again on you. You don't, you don't have to throw, I don't have to throw the dog away. And I certainly don't have to get hit by a car. I just need to put flashlights, in. and then the kids would say, "Well, just use your phone." I'm, I'm not going to use my phone. It's awkward. I like that flashlight. I can put it all on my wrist and carry it out. The Word made flesh and dwelt among us. And the last thing, then, and he, Eugene Peterson said, is in his translation of John 1 and verse 14. And and he and he took on that flesh, and then he moved into the neighborhood. He dwelt among us. He moved. And I, I was running yesterday, working on my message, going through my, my points, going through my ideas, and I, I said, God, we're always praying for a revival. We're always praying for a newness. We're always praying for a freshman. And he says, yeah. And I, and I felt like the Holy Spirit said, yeah, you're praying wrong. Well, what is it, God? He said, I've already moved. The Holy Spirit has already moved. The Holy Spirit is already here. I'm not going to dispatch the Holy Spirit again. I've already given the Holy Spirit. you got to move with the Holy Spirit. you got to move with the Spirit of God. you got to move with the presence of God. See, I've think we're praying for something that God's already done. He's just waiting for us to line up. So, church, where we understand we have to become and we can create and then we have to shine our light, but we have to move when the Spirit moves. We have to move when the Holy Spirit allows us to move. And we're praying for revival. We're praying for a move of God. We're praying for the fourth generation, that fourth-time revival. And God's saying, all right, good prayer, but I've already moved. I'm not going to move again or anymore. You just jump on board and move with me. So, when we walk in obedience, in fact, the Scripture says, the old prophet of old said, judgment comes to the house of the Lord first, when we get our act together and get it right, then the world looks at it and says, wait a second, God is moving. It's when we act like the world that the world doesn't think the church exists for any reason at all. So we got to stop acting like the world, but we got to act in love towards the world. And when we do that, then that word that became flesh starts to work through us. Number two, he's the only begotten son. So he's, the word became flesh, but he is also the only begotten son. Let's read out of the scriptures in, in John again. For God so loved the world that he gave his only, and King James says, which is right, his only begotten son, that whoever believes on him should not perish, but have everlasting or eternal life. I, this is the ESV version, and I read out of it most times and not, but I do not like the fact that they left out the word begotten. That's critical to doctrine. By the way, it's begotten means you came from the Father, okay? You weren't created. You already were. You just came from. This gives us the, the transform of fully human and fully God. So if he was created, he wouldn't be fully God all right? But he's begotten of the Father. Now, there's a couple things I want to touch on here, and we have a large uh, Catholic contingency that watches, and we love Mary. Everybody loves Mary. I love Mary, amen? Thank God for Mary. She was highly favored. We read that in our text. She was blessed among women, but she was not born with, without original sin. She sinned like everybody else. Are you with me? Uh, and I'll explain why in a second. Paul said, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Now, if Jesus was created, he, she, he would have been born with Mary's sin. But since he was begotten and the bloodline scientifically comes through the father, that, her, that the bloodline of Jesus came through the father and he just used Mary's tomb. So he borrowed Mary's tomb, He borrowed jo- or Mary's womb, but he borrowed Joseph's tomb. So he was in the borrowing business, and then he repaid them greatly. Mary is a great person who had a lot of sacrifice. When you see your son die on the cross, that's a big deal. Mary, Mary should be valued for everything that she did, but if Mary would have said no, God would have used somebody else, just like you. If you say no to God, he'll just use somebody else but maybe those blessings or that reward or that ministry or that thought or that idea was supposed to be for you. Are you with me? So we have to understand Mary's deal. So here's the thing. In Genesis, the second chapter, in the seventh verse, we know that Adam was formed from the dust of the ground. And then what did God do? God did not give him his blood. God gave him his breath. The Bible says that God breathed into Adam. He became a living soul. And then after that, Adam came from him. And then after that, their kids came from them. Then after that, a society was birthed from them. Eventually a nation. And then all of a sudden a Savior was born who went back into the ground. But that Savior... Jesus Christ, the Lord, whom we honor on Christmas Day for bringing forth into the world, he was given the blood. Where Adam was given breath of God, as are you, Jesus was given the blood of God, as are we when we become born again. That's why it's called being born again. Must I enter into the, savior, into the mother's womb again? Nicodemus said, no, 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 no. Not at all. You know, when we receive Christ as Lord and Savior, now we're joint heirs with Christ. We're adopted into the kingdom of God. And yes, the outside still looks like the same, but the inside is altogether brand new in Christ Jesus. The only begotten son. He was not created, Adam was. He was birthed by the Father. Still part of the Trinity, all God and all man. Again, this is doctrinal because people will say, well, yeah, he was born just like everybody else. In fact, he was born out of what? Like, no, no, no. He was born as the only begotten because God needed a perfect lamb, a redeemer to take, uh, to take that place to the, the, for the remission of sins. And Jesus is the only one, came from heaven, lived on earth, went back to heaven, resides there as the right hand of the Father, making intercession for you and me today. He is our prayer warrior. That's a, that's a beautiful thing. Give Jesus a hand of appreciation today. That's a big, big deal. That's a good, good thing. Number three, he's the good shepherd. He's the good shepherd. The shepherd know know their, their flock, their voice hears. Let's go to John 10 if we have it. I am the good shepherd. I know my own and my own know me. Just as the Father knows me and I know the Father, I lay down my life for my sheep. Now, hear this. Now, in today's society where there's farms, you know, where they grow chickens for uh, food and they grow cattle for meat and they they grow. We don't remember what it was like 2,000 years ago in the Middle East where there would be sheep herders all around the, the countryside. In fact, sheep were prevalent. and They were all over the place. Well, the shepherd would shepherd the sheep. David was a sheep herder, a shepherd. Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. He likens us to sheep, which, by the way, are very rebellious. Uh, they stink and they bite. So that's, that's what sheep do. <laughs> They're rebellious, they stink and they bite. All right? So the shepherd has a job for them, or has a job to, to handle them and to, to deal with them. And as the shepherd uh, shepherds the sheep in 2,000 years ago on the countryside of Israel where Jesus is giving this analogy, if one sheep would go astray, the shepherd would have to go get him. This is why he uses the parable of the 99, and there's one lost, and he's got to go get him. And he goes and gets that sheep and then brings the sheep back into the, the sheep fold, and then they go to another pasture, and that same little sheep, it runs away again. It's like, man alive, I'm going to get that thing if, if I, I'm just going to. And sometimes, like, our dog got out the other day, and he's not real obedient. His name is Bo. I wanted to hit him in the face as hard as I could. I didn't. I, you know, so please don't call PETA on me or anything. I wanted to, though. Because like he knows his name, he knows when how to come. He knows there's a treat, but he just looks at me and then he lays down. I took two steps towards him and he just running in the neighborhood. And he's 85 pounds. I'm fearful for other people. I don't want him to see other dogs. I don't want him to see you know a bicyclist or we have some walkers in our neighborhood. Could you imagine an 85 dog running? An 85 pound dog running at you full blast? It, you know it's the whole thing too. If if you say don't worry, he'll lick you to death, you still die. Think about that. I don't like that terminology. Oh, he'll lick you to death. I'm still dying. I don't want to die yet. Don't tell me that. So Bo gets out, and I want to, I want to hit him. But I open the gate. I do my thing. Half hour later, finally he comes back because he needs a drink of water. Shut the gate. I give him a treat because I told him I would. I wanted to give him a better treat, but that's not, <laughs> not. I shouldn't do that. And so. I, but the shepherd, when the sheep gets out like that, what the shepherd would do is they would take that rebellious sheep that keeps getting away, and they would snap one of its back legs. They would break its leg. Yeah, ouch, right? As a pastor, sometimes I want to do that with some of you. <laughs> 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 just saying. <laughs> snap one of your legs. But there's a lot, that's just a lot more work for me, so I'm not going to do it. So the shepherd, and you've seen the picture, maybe you've even seen the model of the sheep on the shepherd's shoulder. So the, it creates more work for the shepherd. He breaks the leg of the sheep, and then he's got to pick that sheep up. He's got to take that sheep from pasture to pasture to pasture for the next six or eight weeks until that sheep's leg gets healed. And not only that, he breaks a back leg, not a front leg because they balance on the front leg so that they can eat all the grass. And so while the sheep is pasteurizing, eating, he stands next to that sheep so the sheep can lean against him while he's eating the, the grass and while he's pasteurizing. And then he picks the sheep up and another day or whatever they go to another pasture and the other hundred sheep or two hundred sheep or fifty sheep they follow suit. Well what happens while he's that leg is The sheep that has been rebellious gets to know the master, the, the good shepherd's voice. And it gets to know the good shepherd's smell. It gets to know that the good shepherd didn't mean harm. It was bringing the sheep back into the fold. So whatever you might be going through in life, when you feel like you're just a little bit broken, I want you to know that God will never leave you behind because the Bible says he will never leave you, nor will he forsake you. In fact, is he's got you on his shoulders, and he's carrying you from pasture to pasture. Can you give it up for the Lord, somebody? That's how good our God is. In fact, we then lean on him. We feel like we're broken and we're in despair. And yet we used to sing a song back in the old hymnal, page 251, leaning on the everlasting arms. I'm leaning on Jesus. I'm leaning on Jesus. I'm leaning on the everlasting arm. Why are we leaning? Because that sheep with the broken leg, although he can eat, he needs, he needs a little balance in his life. And you know that Jesus is here to bring balance in your life. He's here to build you up, to hold you up, to stick, to keep you up. And even though we feel broken or we feel maybe left behind or discouraged or maybe we feel just a little bit downtrodden, Lord, why are you doing this to me? He's carrying you and letting you lean on him every step of the way so that we can hear his voice and know that he's a good, good father and a good, good shepherd. That's the father that we serve. That's the good shepherd that we have. He's a good shepherd. And yes, sometimes we feel like maybe one of our legs are broken or one of our limbs are just, or maybe we're going to lose our mind or something's happening. I don't understand. I want you to know that Jesus cares. And he's letting you or allowing you or maybe even causing you to go through something because he just wants to bring you back into the fold. And once he brings you back in the fold, just like that little sheep, and the historians will tell us those sheeps will never, ever run away ever again because they know the smell of that good shepherd. They know the voice of that good shepherd. This is what Jesus is talking about in John, the 10th chapter. My sheep know my voice. They know that I would lay my life down to them. Your leg's not broken because God hates you. Your leg might be broken because God loves you and because he's willing to carry you every step of the way. Can you say amen? amen? Number four, last but not least, he brings salvation to the world. We know this is the reason for Christmas, not the presents, not getting what you want, not giving what you want, not all the holiday parties. All that stuff is good. Listen, it brings joy to the world. We need that. And then, oh, December is also one of the most depressed months because not everybody has people to celebrate with or maybe somebody did lose a loved one and it's their first Christmas through and it's painful and it's hurtful, but we know that Jesus came to bring joy to the world. We know he's the savior of the world and you will see those people again. And he'll give you peace during that time. So let's read First Timothy for a minute. 4.10 says, For this is the end we toil and strive because we have our hope. Everybody say hope. Hope set on the living God, who is the Savior of all people, especially of those who believe. That word God there is, is uh, Elohim, which is plural, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. God sent his Son, only begotten Son, Jesus Christ, to live for us so that when, we, when he died was raised from the dead, he sent them the Holy Spirit so that we can walk in the power of the Holy Spirit so he is Savior of the world. Important to know really, really important to know because, you know, uh, Christian is not the Savior of the world. Buddha is not the Savior of the world. Nobody else is the Savior of the world but Jesus Christ alone. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. I'm the only way, the only truth, the only life. I am the only way back to the Father. But if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. If you've seen Jesus, you've seen the Father. He also said to Thomas, blessed are you, Thomas, for having seen and believed, but more blessed are those at Grace Church and around the world who believe and have never seen. But someday, church, you will see the goodness of the Father. Your faith will become sight, and you'll be like, oh my, I never thought... Paul said that momentary trial was worked out for my good. It was all worth it, that suffering, that pain, that persecution. It was all worth it because I now see the glory of the risen Son and Savior Jesus Christ. He came so that you can have life, and that more abundantly. He came that you could live in joy. He came that you could walk in freedom. He came that you could throw away the bondage and the baggage and you could, your hope could be in Christ Jesus. I don't know if the worship team's up here. Can worship team come back? There's a doctor of theology named Dr. S.M. Lockridge, and he wrote a powerful statement. We've played it here before. It's, it's really cool, and it's really good, and, and I want to read it to you. Uh, I won't do as, as good as him, but for whatever reason, the Lord laid it on my heart that, that we would just go ahead and, and read it this morning. But it says, Do you know him? Do you know who my king is? And I want you to know because we're talking about the who. Who is Jesus? Who who is he? Well, he's the king of kings and the Lord of all glory. He is the bright morning star and the lily of the valley. He is the master and savior and king but sm lockwood says this he is purely powerful he is impartially merciful that's my king i wonder do you know him he is the king of israel he's the king of righteousness that's my king and he's the lord of lords he's endurably strong he's entirely sincere he's eternally steadfast he's morally graceful he's purely powerful and he's impartially merciful do you know him He's the greatest phenomenon that's ever crossed the nation of this world. He's God's son. He's a sinner's savior. He's a centerpiece of salvation. Jesus, that's my king. I wonder, do you know him? He's the king of Israel. He's the king of heaven. That's my king. He's the Lord of lords, and he's the only one qualified to be the all-sufficient savior. He supplies strength for the weak. He's available for the culprit and the pride. He sympathizes and he saves. He strengthens and he sustains. He guards and he guides. He heals the sick. He cleanses the leopard. He forgives sinners. He discharges debtors. Jesus, that's our king. I wonder, do you know him? He's a king of glory. He's the king of kings. That's my king. He's the Lord of lords. I wish I could describe him to you. He's indescribable. He's incomprehensible. He's invisible. He's irresistible. You can't get him out of your mind. You can't get him off your hands. You can't not leave him, and you can't not live without him. The Pharisees couldn't stand him, and they found out they couldn't stop him. Herod couldn't kill him couldn't have him, in the grave, it couldn't hold him. Hey, that's my king. King Jesus is his name. Would you stand to your feet and give the Lord a shout of praise? He is the Lord of lords and the king of kings. He is the savior of the whole earth. That's our Jesus. That's our king, and he loves you today. He's proud of you. He came so that you could become he came so that you could become the person, the child of God that he wants you to be. Close your eyes for just a moment. Nobody not be looking around. If you're here today, if you're watching online and you don't know who Jesus is in an intimate way, or you've heard about him, maybe you've even read about him, but you've never really accepted him, I want you to accept him today. I want you just to know that he is your best friend. And there's so many more things than just four that we pulled out. He is. The elf omega the, the beginning and the end the first and the last he is the mighty rose of sharon so i ask you today if you want to grow or know your jesus raise your hand just right up. if you're watching online just raise your heart and say yeah pastor i'm good i want to go so i want to pray right now with those raising their hands here in house and online father we ask today for that those people who want to know who Jesus is. And a meant him away. You'd fill that void in their life. You'd forgive them of their sins. you help them walk in righteousness, Oh God, for that they would know the King of kings came for them. And those that might be fighting depression or anxiety this holiday season, let them know that Jesus came to give them peace and give them joy and give them love. Father, we thank you, Lord, today that we can honor you and your goodness. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's worship one more time. God bless you.
1: are grateful that we have a Savior today, amen, that we have a a God, a King, who is willing to leave everything, who is willing to leave heaven and His throne and come to this earth to be humbled as a baby, as a child, and to to be the Savior of this world, amen, amen, that's the kind of God that loves us, and He cares for us, and He did it all because of love. um, I like what you said about the, the shepherd. You know, there's a difference between a shepherd when the Bible is written and a shepherd as we kind of know it today. You know, our, our shepherds today, especially in the Western mindset, they'll have all the sheep and then they'll kind of like chase them and they'll push them and they'll drive them and they'll say, go that way, go that way. And They might have dogs that kind of bite at them. But when the Bible was written, the shepherd knew the sheep so well that instead of pushing all the sheep in the direction they should go, they actually led the sheep, and the shepherd would walk through the valley, and the sheep would just follow behind them, we know God's voice, we know Jesus, he knows us, he cares for us, he is our savior, he is our king, but he is also our friend, and he, he loves, it. he sacrificed himself, that's what the good shepherd did for us, so amazing word today, how many of you received that powerful message on who Jesus is today? And he did it all for love. So let's just close the service in a word of prayer and just uh, thank God for what he has done for us today and in general, just in our lives, especially at this Christmas time. Father, we thank you for sending your only begotten son, Lord, that we would just believe in you and we would have eternal life. Thank you, God, for forgiving us of our sins. Thank you for washing us clean, Lord, so that we can have a fresh start even today. Thank you, Lord, that we not only have a reason to decorate at Christmas, we have a reason to celebrate. We have a reason, Father God, to have hope Even in a dark time, in a dark year with so much grief going on, we still have a reason to celebrate because Jesus Christ is still on the throne. You are the same yesterday, today, and forever. And we know that you are returning for us, Lord, and that you have not forgotten us. But we love you, Lord, and we thank you. We ask that you continue to lead us. Lord, lead us through this week and through the rest of this day. Have your way in our hearts and in our lives as we surrender them to you, our Savior King. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. God bless you, we love you. We will see you on Wednesday downtown at six o'clock. God bless you.
2: Thank you for joining us for today's service. If God is impacting your life through this ministry, join us in reaching others by investing today. You can give at wwwracechurchtv slash give or by downloading the app and select give. We can't wait to see you next week.